ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ironoverload.io hardcore episode 52 so today this is going to be a really really fun topic and this is a topic that doesn't get discussed enough out there and i think it's one of the most important topics out there and it's best and worst gyms for training and it's like we go through all this monster we eat so solidly we train our balls off we spent all this money on anabolic steroids and supplements and peptides and all this other stuff. Yet many of you out there are not training at a good gym. And it's actually a barrier to your progression. So I'll start us off, Mobster, and I'll bring you in really quick. But right away, when I walk into a gym, the environment is very important to me. I want to walk into a gym where there's a good mixture of people. I want to see people who are taking this shit serious, okay? Now, there can be people that aren't taking it serious, but I want to see a percentage that are taking it serious, both male and female. Very, very important. There's There's both. Because there's nothing that pushes you more than seeing someone you're attracted to in the gym, and that's pushing you and motivating you to get better. So for me, there should be some meatheads in the gym who are roided up, and there should be some really, really attractive females who are kicking ass. Because let's be honest, Monster, females work harder than males <laughs> in the gym. That If you take the top 5% of genders, right, and you say top 5% of males in the gym and top 5% of the females, Females work harder than men. They have to. A lot of them had older brothers they wanted to keep up with. A lot of them have to keep up with men. A lot of them, you, you've got to work harder in life because females, they get the short end of the stick on a lot of stuff because males dominate the world. And, you know, it shouldn't be like that, right? So they're trying to push themselves. So I find it very important that women should feel comfortable in the gym enough to go there. And it should be a good diversity of male and female ratio. I don't want to walk into a gym and it's all males. And I don't want to walk into a gym and it's all females. I want to see a good mixture. And I want to see, that's what I want to see, Mobster, when I walk into the gym. That's a gym that I can go to and, 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 and just be motivated to kick ass. Because I see people around me kicking ass and busting their ass. And that's going to make me bust my ass. So I walk into a gym and it's all people just clowning around they're on their phones you know the the you know they're not taking it seriously then what what effect do you think that's going to have on me it's going to make me not that's what that's what pisses me out these people they hog up these machines they hog up the bench press they're on their phone they spend more time on their phone than they do actually working out that hinders me because when you're in a gym setting you're sharing the equipment, right? You're sharing the equipment. So I want to see a gym when you go in there and I'm like, dude, 
Let me work in with you. Let's hit this fucking bench press. Let's let's work in. Let me work in with you. That's the gym I want to. I don't want to go to a gym where the guy's sitting there on his fucking phone, texting, you know, texting people and stuff, and wasting my time. And I gotta wait for him to finish. That's so that no, that's the number one thing with me, mobster, is the gym environment when you walk in. How about you? What's your number one thing on your checklist for gyms? I like spitting sawdust in gym, Steve. I mean, one of the things that's almost like an in, in Iron Game joke is Planet Fitness. And, you know, the pizza slices and the sweets and, and, and the idea that you can't make any noise and all that kind of stuff. So it become like an industry joke where uh, guys would go to the gym deliberately to get thrown out and do TikTok videos and whatever else. And I'm talking about top professional athletes here, bodybuilders, as well as uh, world's strongest men. I'm thinking of Brian Shaw and Eddie Hall done it. Uh, but I think they kind of work subrogate in advance, so they didn't get thrown out. Or maybe it's just one of those, the people they didn't think they could throw them out. But we saw a bunch of other videos. So the atmosphere, as it, here's the thing that's kind of ironic. Planet Finish actually has decent equipment. The problem is, and this is the sort of stuff that would bug me, as well as you say, because so the atmosphere... The vibe is a is a is a big deal, hundred uh, percent. If I could go to Planet Fitness and they hadn't cut the the plate loading horns, as they've literally done on some pieces, a little leg press, you can only put like four or five plates on the side. That's that weighs less than I do, so I need I need longer horns on the leg press. Am I going to make a lot of noise? Not deliberately, but I don't want to be getting into trouble if I do deadlifts. I don't want to get into trouble if I'm big and muscular. And I'm intimidating the, the overweight fellow or the overweight lady in the corner. That's not my vibe, never has been. But equally, I can understand because I might be more muscular or you or any of our listeners with a six-pack and some veins on their arms might intimidate people. And, of course, Planet Fitness is specifically aimed, aimed at the group that is perhaps intimidating. So they want it to be friendly. I get it. But it, I couldn't have a workout there. Uh, do I need music playing? No, but it helps. Things like, and I'm thinking about top professional bodybuilders here, Steve. I know top professional bodybuilders, and I'm thinking, for example, of Jay Cutler and others, again, just a few years ago when he was competing, that would go to multiple gyms. Our, our local IFBB Pro has gone to multiple gyms. He will post videos and photographs, etc., from a gym just a few, few miles away. And yet his relationship, as is mine, with their local gym owner is incredibly good. I've trained for three, I think, three, three and a half years for free at my local gym because of what I was putting back, so to speak. Uh, and, and, and there's the local the, the local pro could argue that he's had a similar relationship, yet he's always paid. And yet he also has been able to find, as I did with my own home gym, he was able to find a place or two that they kept the name out of the, the, the post that he was doing that was letting him have access to the gym equipment during COVID, for example, when we wasn't able to train. So... Multiple gyms. I, I'm at that stage now with some equipment where I, even in my home gym, which is incredibly well equipped, I need a, an upgrade on a couple of pieces because I'm able to max out or very close to maxing out those pieces of equipment. So spit and sawdust is the kind of place that's going to allow me to pull the fucking weight on and grunt a little bit. The, the thing with the ladies, here's the thing. When I was a teenager, I might have thought differently than I do now. Now I'm exactly like you. So I would be 100%. I don't have a single problem with ladies, uh, fat guys, skinny guys, whatever, come into the gym. If you come in there and you're kicking ass and you're taking names and it doesn't matter what your background or sexuality or whatever is, 
then thank you very much because that motivates me to train harder. If it, here's the thing, again, like I said, I'll be judgmental back in the day of a fat person coming to the gym. Now I'm like, they're coming to get, they're coming to lose weight. They're coming to get in shape. You go over and you welcome them to the gym. You say, come on, get a good sweat on. Oh, you're doing amazing. That kind of stuff. And egg them on and, 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 and get the best out of them because they're there. Why You want that kind of welcome. It's a little bit like the uh, TV comedy series, Steve Cheers. You, everybody knows everybody else. I like that vibe. And again, the spit and sawdust thing appeals to me because it means typically going to new chalk. Now, I'm the kind of guy, and again, because I appreciate what's in front of me, and I like the fact, you know, that I can support the gym, so I don't throw that chalk all over the place and make a fucking mess. I make sure it's kept clean as possible. If I make a mess, I clean up. And that's a good, good thing as well, because there's this big motherfucker, me, being all responsible. That's an influence. I understand that's out there. What I try to do, and this is only me, and again, I'm thinking of professional bodybuilders as well, Steve. I do try, and I think this applies to you, because we talked about this before. I try to go when it's not crazy busy, or as you said, full of teenagers. No problem them training. We've all been there. But I won't go when it's a five o'clock crowd, and it's mostly young guys, mostly teenagers, 18, 19, 20 years of age, with their mobile phones, in groups, and the gym's absolutely rammed. It's full up to the brim. I can't do that, man. i got a kid at home. I can go and train. So I train with the old men in the morning. If I go to my local gym, powerhouse in Aberdeen, I will train in the morning, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. And it only starts to pick up around lunchtime. Regards the women training against them for new touched on this. Apart from, and bless them ladies, too much spandex and stuff that's right up the crack uh, and, and boobs all over the place and some girls with makeup. The reality is, apart from that, they're in the gym, they do their shit, and it's done in an hour. Very little standing around chatting. Very little. I mean, there's a little bit of socialization, just being friendly, but mostly they go in there and they get it done, Steve. And I'm talking about the regular girls that are consistent. Come in there, 35, 40 minutes, one hour, boom, 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 go. I'm, I take longer. I'm more sociable. I'm talking to people more. There's, there's lots of indefinable, Steve. There used to be, I think RX Muscle had one and a couple of others, and it's appeared in one or two magazines where they would talk about the best gyms in America, for example, the best gyms in the UK, and they wasn't all the same. Not every single one was spit and sawdust. There is, for example, Steve, an absolutely amazing gym that probably wouldn't suit me, but I believed back in the day they were charging £100 an hour, so about $115, $120 per hour, with a PT, and this would be 10 or 15 years ago, in, in Kensington, in near Knightsbridge, because there was only 10 clients at a time. The equipment was top-notch, handmade, custom-made, super, super deluxe, but the coaches were very highly educated, very highly qualified, and they kicked your ass, but they kicked your ass for $120 an hour. So it was, I could, I don't know necessarily that they would have heavy enough weights for me, Steve, but you'd be working with one of the best PCs in the country in an environment where all the equipment's been made to measure and it's the Rolls Royce or the Mercedes or whatever, or the Cadillac of gym equipment. And, 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 and the, the facilities would be amazing. There was a video on YouTube a little while ago where the YouTuber goes to this gym and it's only used by high-end athletes at both baseball, basketball and American football. And I think the the I think the fee per the annual membership Steve was forty thousand dollars, and it was wasn't a club type of thing. It didn't have fields outside. It wasn't tennis. It was literally a gym with the rehab 
and a little bit of an outside area where the, the basketball players could, for example, play on a court. But they were, every single person that was working with a coach, they had a top-notch chef that was meal prepping for the athletes. You had amazing uh, rehab facilities. And it was literally guys that won 40, 50, 60 million dollars a year that were joining this club. And it was the be all and end all. Now, again, could I go there and maybe put a little bit of chalk on the floor when I'm rubbing my hands together doing sumo fit by then? This probably not. But to have that sort of access to those facilities, it, it would be certainly a gym that I'd like to go to at least once. And here's another one. And you and I actually talked about this in podcasts as well. So whether it's a dirty, cobweb ridden uh, Metroflex, hardcore gym of Ronnie Coleman back in the day in Arlington, Texas, or whether it's Binos gym or Oxygen gym over in Dubai. What is spectacular about those is they quite often have, in those examples, three floors, maybe a hundred pieces of equipment. And that would certainly be, I think, something like, you know, get the guys together from the forum, let's do a road trip and go to Metroflex and give it the once over. Uh, even if we fell out of place, but it would be a hell of a training thing. And then definitely one of the gyms in Dubai go, what makes those great gyms is because in spite of the fact that perhaps everybody's TikToking and, and YouTubing, they have amazing equipment. They have equipment that's come from all over the planet to that gym. And there's three floors of it, Steve. There's 100 pieces. There's 200-pound dumbbells. They've got something for the, the beginner and they've got something for the, the Larry Wills of this world. And there would be, as you and I just discussed in other podcasts recently, the possible next Mr. Olympia or, or two that are training his gym. And then on the food, on the premises, they've got great food, meal prep. Uh, so all these things. I tell you what ultimately works for me, and 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 this is a thing. There isn't the amount that it costs, and it's not the paint on the wall, and it's not the posters and stuff like that. There's a certain indefinable atmosphere. But for me, the gyms that I think I've had the, my best workouts, my greatest workouts in, has been everybody's super supportive, and that includes the gym management where they can see that you're taking things to the next level and they've helped you. Whether that's, you know, allowing me to bring equipment to the gym or just being super supportive or even the guys in the gym, you know, cheering you on when you've made a PB because they know you're about to compete. So I've, I've been lucky in that particular way. And of course, that's the reason we are, while I ended up working with you on this podcast, that, that, that my personality has worked in that particular way. So those are indefinables. I've had great workouts in gyms that I've never been in before. I think, like I said, you, you've gone to gyms early in the morning. You've gone when it's hot. One of the silly little things that is, is super important in America, Steve, is air conditioning. Another one would be I've been to places where you couldn't use the toilets because they were so goddamn horrible. And I believe Metroflex might even fall into that particular regard, but the gym made up for it. Sometimes, and here's another thing, it, it, the people that go to the gym they do not have to be people that you would meet socially outside the gym you wouldn't want to go for a drink or a party you wouldn't want to go to a restaurant with them you wouldn't want to quote unquote hang out but in the gym they are there to help you kick your ass and vice versa i i have a thing before steve where i i, I don't ask them if they've been to jail i don't want to know but if they're in the gym and they're doing this shit it's super super important and if they they're going 100 miles an hour that makes me want to go 100 miles an hour so, yeah, I, 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 talk to me about the people that you've trained around, not just the ladies, but some of the guys. What works for you and makes a good gym where the guys are supportive or not supportive? Yeah, I think, I think too, you know, I'll go back to the environment, too, and um, just being in a place that's really positive. One thing I can't stand 
is these gyms that have so many different rules listed. Like they'll have a thing on the mirror. Don't touch the mirror or you'll be fine. Don't drop the weights. Clean up after yourself after a workout. Look, all these things are, yeah. are common sense things that you, you should be doing anyway. And if you're not doing that, then you know, you're a moron in the first place. But look, when you sign up for the gym, you know, there's rules, right? And you sign your signature on there and you're agreeing to the rules of the gym. And if you violate those rules, then you know, kick the person out. You know, that that it's it's that simple. But to have things all over the gym and treat your members like their children is really fucking stupid. And you know, and if that's if that's how it is, then that's on you to begin with. If that that tells me that you're not when the person signs up, you're not really telling them the expectations. I mean, if this is this is common sense stuff. I mean, if you're fucking in front of the mirror and you're doing bicep curls and you're sweating your balls off and you do a curl and then some sweat goes on the mirror, I would think you'd have common sense enough to go get a wipe and wipe wipe down the mirror yourself. I would think you'd have some sense not to put your hand on the mirror. I'd have, Absolutely, man. I think you'd have sense to re-rack your weight, not drop the yeah. weights, at least yeah. on purpose. Let, and let then me touch on that one, Steve. Yeah. Let me touch on that one. because a great example of this. And I think I've got two good examples for you. And this, to me, is exactly what I'm on about when I'm talking about the right people, how to create the atmosphere, and, and how it feels to work in those places. So good, two good examples. I have trained, as I've said on other podcasts and online, with some of the world's strongest men, some very high MMA, uh, pro, two pro players, two pros. One had the fastest knockout in MMA at one time, I believe, top 10 in the world. Another one was uh, Sky Sports uh, free here in the UK, getting paid per fight. And then, of course, I've, I've, I've trained with and even competed against in grip competitions, Laurent Charlet, world's strongest man competitor. His best place was fourth. And he competed multiple times in the finals of world's strongest men. We all put our fucking weights away. I, I, I'm using the 200-pound dumbbells. I put my 200-pound dumbbells away. If I load a leg press up with six or 700 kilos, it's a workout to load it, and it's a workout to unload it, and I moan like a bitch, but I do it. Like Steve says, if I put some chalk on the floor, I'll go and get the mop from the toilet and mop that chalk up or, or sweep it up. If sweat went onto the mirror like Steve said, I would wipe it off. It takes me a minute, guys. It takes me two minutes. You, the, the, I've seen hardcore stuff, and there's this thing where you can spit on the floor. I've spat in a bucket, guys, in my gym. But let me give you an example just how supportive the guys have been. When we had the gym in the warehouse in Gloucester, when I had my supplement company, you've got the supplement company in the back and the gym at the front. There's a few American companies that are exactly like that now. Redcon One springs to mind. We would put money in a jar, and that money went to pay for equipment or it went towards the rent. We weren't making a great profit from the supplement company or whatever else. And one day, £4 went missing. So that's about $5, Steve, from the jar. All of the guys, except obviously the person that stole it, was properly upset. I mean, properly upset. They they were like, why, why are we in this gym? We've got these amazing facilities and someone's stolen. If, if, if you need £4, ask me for £4 and I'll give you the £4 to go in the jar. If you need a couple, of, I'll give you a couple of quid. I'd rather you ask me. And this is what two or three of them said. I'd rather you ask me for the money and I will give you the money so you can train here then you steal £4 from the jar. They got properly upset. Same guys, again, would drag the equipment out, 
like Metroflex, pull all the equipment out into our yard and sweep every corner of the gym. If we needed repairs, they would do one Saturday afternoon and they'd repair it. We had guys that would come to our gym three hours traveling just to come to the gym. And they got there early one day, Steve, and they snapped, they swept all the snow off the concrete yard outside the front of the gym so they could do events, strongman events outside on a clear ground. And then when the rest of the guys got there, it was ready for everybody to train. That's the kind of collective stuff that I like. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I think Steve applies to this because he's got clients. I know that he's like this. When you get to that level, that you might become some sort of inspiration. And listen, you could be 16 years of age and weigh 140 pounds. If you're in a gym kicking your ass, everybody around you is going to see you kicking your ass. They can see how hard you're training, how hard you're sweating. Male or female, they will be inspired by you. So you'll have a 300-pound motherfucker come over and spot that 140-pounder. The girls will say, look how hard that young person is training. And then if you put your weights away, if you're the kind of person that helps in the gym, even if it's a kind of shitty gym for equipment, the atmosphere takes it to another level. And then you make do. You might end up bench pressing on the floor, Steve, or like they used to do back in the day using crates or wooden planks. It still becomes something special because the people are making it special. You're tidying up afterwards. So probably I think if Steve and I could, I could, I mean, I could debate equipment. I could debate the weights. I could debate the paint that goes onto the wall, the lighting and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, and I think you've touched on it earlier on, the people make the gym. The, the, the people that are around you, if they're motivated, if they're inspired, they inspire and motivate you. So if you've got someone that helps you, sometimes it's an old fella, might be wearing a scruffy vest, may even be a little bit overweight, but you don't know that he might have been one of the world's greatest powerlifters back in the day. So give them the moment, give them the time. And if they're not talking shit, thank you very much. And then you you end up having these conversations. It might be just while you're at the bar, booking in, having a protein shake after the workout or whatever else. And you're a great example, and I've actually done this, I've used members of the gym to demonstrate exercises to other members because I knew that the member that I was using, so to speak, had been someone that could double their body weight on the bench press. I'm thinking of a 75 kilo, 50 something years of age, and I was getting him to demonstrate bench press to other people because he doubled his bench body weight. He'd done 150 kilo, 330 pound bench press. And you wouldn't think it to look at him, but he had. You could look the numbers up. We've had people in there that are competing, men and women. I've actually even had to get ladies competing because I was showing two ladies how to do a leg raise on the dipping frame with their legs out front for time. And two other ladies came over and kind of got into that naturally competitive thing, right? Well, how long did she do? Can I do more? And then we ended up with a back and forth amongst all four of them for about 10 minutes trying to outdo each other. And people see that. That means everybody else that's in the gym, including the management, can see that there's an atmosphere. They can see that you're supporting each other and everything gets taken up a notch. One more thing, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I was competing. There was a woman called Joe Griffith and a local IFB bro, James Llewellyn. All four of us, all three of us, sorry, we were in one to two weeks of competition. And all of us was in the gym at the same time. Trust me, we were kicking ass, our own asses especially, going 100 miles an hour. And I, I guarantee you that that lifted the, the, the efforts, the intensity of everybody else in that room for the time that we were all doing it. And at some point, I think we kind of, all three of us realised what was going on and caught each other's eyes and grinned or something like that and then went back to doing what we're doing. 
but it was that 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 you go in there and if if the people around you are serious and doing their shit and if they're passionate and if they're supportive that makes even a rubbish equipment gym with a shitty exercise bike and holes in the exercise mats or whatever it makes it a great gym because every single person in there wants you the other member to do your damnedest and you want them to win you want them to represent so they're people i think makes the gym more than anything else steve what do you think yeah, and uh, definitely, you definitely want the good equipment. You definitely want a good, uh, good people that are in there as well. And certain times of the day, you're gonna have a different crowd, so you got to kind of mold, you know, what kind of crowd you're looking for, you know, during yep. the day and stuff. So, you know, one more, one, you know, one thing that we talk about is the economic aspect of the gym. And one of the things that really make a bad gym in me, and I will never sign up to a gym like this, is if they have predatory uh, billing. In other words, when you sign up, okay, and they end up charging you a different amount, they end up multi, they they ended up double or triple billing you. It's difficult or impossible to cancel your membership. Or you try to cancel, then they keep billing you. They keep billing you, and it and then if you don't pay for that, even though you cancel, they send you to collections. So predatory billing is definitely an issue. LA Fitness, they make it so hard to cancel your membership. You have to go in there during business hours. You've got to fill out a paper. You've got to do this. You got to do that. They make it so freaking hard to cancel your membership, okay, with or without a contract. And I will never sign up with them. Get your shit together, guys. You guys are out there in, in, in the world, you know, and this it's bullshit. Okay, it's bullshit. If I like your gym, I'll stay with your gym. If I don't, I'll go. If I sign a one-year contract and after that one year, you renew me for another year without my knowledge, and then you say, oh, you didn't read the contract. After a year, it resigns. You've got to cancel 60 days ahead of time if you don't yeah. want to get renewed. I hate that shit. So, should, I mean, that's that should be that should be illegal. You it know, is. For, it, it, Steve, we actually had this. Yeah. In, it, it, I, I was reading one of my older bodybuilding magazines and books the other day, and one of the things that the American government, I believe they outlawed, and we actually had the same issue here in the UK, which I touched upon, was they were signing some some less uh, popular, shall we say, that's not the word I'm looking for, companies were signing people up to lifetime contracts when they were 70 years of age. So rather than pay for example, guys, and I'm talking about back in the day, hundred dollars for a year when a hundred dollars is a big lump of cash. They would say, "No, if you want a lifetime contract, we can do a lifetime deal, so you never have to pay again." It's five hundred dollars, but the person they were signing up was seventy, so their chances of living long enough to get the value out of the five hundred dollars wasn't that good. For you scoring ten, you drop down dead. Whatever. Why was they signing them up? They were taking the piss. Steve. here in the UK, the the contracts like you're describing are illegal. But it was a huge problem in the industry. I very nearly got a job when I was in my late teens again, just started work for a, a gym in the financial, the so-called corporation part of London, which is where all the banks and the building societies and all the traders are. And there was a gym just on the edge of that. And I'd have been paid a rubbish wage, it has to be said. But a huge percentage of what I was doing or what I'd have been doing, and the same in America, was that you was encouraged as much as possible to sign people up. It wasn't just getting them to come to the gym and show them the equipment and 
showed them where the towels are and the changing rooms. And if you need anything, give us a shout. No, it was signing people up. But it was a massive, massive part because they knew that a lot of people that do even a year's contract are only going to train for three months. Typical, the New Year's resolution crowd. So now I've got a year's membership out of you, but you're only there for 12 weeks. The same thing applied, as you said, and this is where the illegality part coming. They made it illegal because people were having exactly the problem you described. So it should literally be, I mean, even now, some of the contracts are, if you want to do it inside of the first 12 months, because we gave you an amazing price, we need an, a, a letter from your doctor to say that your arms won't be or your legs gone or your knees bad. And then one of us with regards to what you're saying, if you didn't do it exactly as they said, then there was another monthly bill until you got exactly on the day that you're supposed to have done it and make sure it was done. And so, listen, you're going to work, you've got life, Maybe you didn't do it on the 29th of the month like you should have done, or two days after due, all of that. And it was all about making a buck. Now, I get it. The industry wasn't as big as it is now. So you maybe could argue that they were struggling and they needed the cash. But ultimately, it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So literally, we have in, in, in the UK, we have something called trading standards, and they collectively got together from different counties and different parts of the United Kingdom, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, and everyone. And they went to the, the Crown Courts and they said, you know what, we need a High Court decision on this. We need a decision for everybody in the UK because in Arkham, in Arkham, Steve, they were robbing people. They were taking money off you that they didn't, shouldn't have had, that you couldn't get out of the contract. You couldn't even just stop training uh, and then not renew and all that kind of stuff. And then another one is, for example, Steve, where everything else was extra. So you can use a gym, but you can't use the towels. You can use your gym, but you can't use the sauna. Ridiculous. Uh, the, the worst I've had, and was, <laughs> I actually got lucky with this, there was a big YMCA in the West End of London, and at one point it had 100 pieces of equipment. It was actually in the bodybuilder magazines, I think having over 100 pieces of equipment. So a buddy of mine comes down from up north from Manchester, and he's doing some sort of IT course just around the corner. There's a hotel above the gym. And if you're using the YMCA hotel, you can use the gym downstairs. And you can also have a guest, I, me. So I'm working in the West End. I'll meet you after work. We'll have a workout in this amazing gym. Well, number one, it didn't have 100 pieces of equipment anymore, so it was shit. Number two, we were using all of the weights, the biggest dumbbells. We used all of their very poor, I think the, the Olympic weight set they had amounted to 140 kilos. I've got more than that on one machine in my gym right now, so if you're in the house. So that was really bad. And the last thing, and this was a killer for me, I'm a guest. So I go down to the reception area and they wanted 20 pounds. And I'm talking about 10 years, 15 years ago. And that's like 25, $26 for me to go work out. And I was, I think I nearly screamed like a girl. I went, 20 pounds. And the girl said, don't worry about it and push my money back. Probably because I was so goddamn shocked. So I ended up training there for free, but I couldn't get, I was like, what the hell? And then when we went inside, it wasn't worth $5. It was really, really bad. The equipment was moving across the floor. They didn't have enough weights. People were literally waiting for us to finish with a big dumbbell if we, they wanted to use it. And this was, it's gone from this absolutely amazing, probably record-breaking gym 10, 15 years before to this piss poor place that wanted 20 pounds, $25 to work out for an hour. As always, it's just like that definitely, the guys were cool, but the gym was really bad. The fee was really bad. And even though it was in the West End, the YMCA supported by the rest of the YMCA community. So it was just like, what the hell, what, what's happened here? So there's loads of things like that. I've been to another gym 
And let me give you a good example. This was in a church uh, owned and operated by a former steel workers. A big steel plant had closed. I'd been, a, 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 funny enough, we'd gone to a beer festival, went up to this church. It was miles from the bus stop, up the shopping centre. Never been in this gym in my life. Trained my ass off, rather foolishly, it has to be said, to the point of showing off and wearing myself out. And I'm sitting outside, sweating buckets, probably quite white-faced, pale-faced, ashen with the effort. And the reception still came out with a glass of water and made others okay. So those things, good gym management, people that aren't taking the piss on the memberships like we just talked about, that's just ripping you off. It doesn't make you want to go back. It doesn't want to train it. And good people. Then then you can you can ignore bad toilets. You can ignore perhaps that the sauna could do with a bit of a desanitization or something like that. There's certain things that you don't mind. Even those rules that Steve talked about from the mirror that perhaps you can ignore that if everything else is there. What do you think, guys? What do you think makes a good gym? What do you think makes these things as they should be? And in your minds, is it the stuff that we've talked about or have you got something else that you'd like to think about? Yeah, I think it's a good show, buddy. But at the end of the day, I completely agree. Maybe a good point. It's the environment. Um, you know, the bathrooms get dirty. Is it is it because they're not cleaning the bathrooms enough, or is it because the people go in there and they make a mess of it? You know, you gotta you gotta consider that. Is the place a mess inside, and people leaving yeah. weights everywhere? Is it is it their fault for not re-racking everything at the end of the day? Should they go around re-racking weights throughout the day, the the people who work there, or should people be re-racking everything and cleaning I up? I think it should be racked, Steve. I'm, a gold gym I mean, used to on. employ yeah. gold gym in California. The the Venice Beach gym used to employ two fellows whose only job was to move and repair the equipment. But the problem is when they wasn't doing that, they had to go around picking the weights up. And you think, but we got a thousand members using that place. Pick the fucking weights up, so the next people are good. Yeah. That's just that's just oh. good, good good gym manners. Yeah. At the and end like of the day, said, at the end of the day, environment is so important. Working out from home, I've had a home gym before. It's just not know, the yeah, same. You know. it, there's just not that motivation to just sit at home, put put some music on, and work out at home. I mean, it's just you need that environment. So it's very, very important. Read yeah, reviews. Yeah, so let, Read I'll reviews. Disagree. Very reviews. I'll disagree. Guys. I'll tell you what I did just this morning. Uh, so here's what I've done, and I've done this this morning. It's a little trick that you could use perhaps. I will agree normally, and for most people, this is the case, but I'll disagree for myself personally. So this is what I was doing today. I work um, a shoulder press and two hand pinch, just the two exercises I was doing this morning. Here's what I did for pinch, Steve. And this is one of those because you've done press already. It's up to a decent number. I imagined there was a crowd. I imagined I was in a competition. I was showing the crowd. I was showing the judges what I'm about to do. That got my head in the right space. And I'm lucky, Steve knows, that my gym's pretty fucking hardcore on its own. So I'm lucky. I've made that particular effort. And I do know some world-class athletes that have done some well, you have, we have, You have a crowd at home. You have the four cats. So they cheer you <laughs> on as you work. You and the cats. Pixie was in there with me this morning. But I don't think she was cheering me on. Or you, do from home, or, or you can do what they, the, he did in Home Alone. You ever seen Home Alone? Oh God, I'm just thinking about cats with cheerleading outfits on. Now what? In Home Alone, he <laughs> he he made it seem like so the rod, you know, the burglars when it burglarized his place, he made it look like there was a party. So he got like the inflatable, and he got a, right, like, yeah, yeah, a yeah. cardboard cutout, and he attached it to a train, and it went around the house, and you know, he pretended like there were a bunch of people dancing. Oh man, house. you can have your own music on as loud as you like, shitty music, horrible stuff. 
I, one one thing I said to guys, and again, I want you guys to give us your feedback on this. So one of the things when I was coaching people back in the day, I would find out what motivated them. And I would say it could be a epic gay gay poem. I don't care. It could be a line in a movie. It could be uh, a story they read or whatever else. And then I would use that as what I called the red button moment to get the best out of them in the gym. I would find out what made their juices swirl around their body and got their adrenaline going. I'm lucky now at the level of time I've been training that I can do that. And I think Steve's the same. We can have a good workout in the shitty gym because the headspace is quite good. But we will have a great workout in a good gym, in a great gym. That's a guarantee. So let us know. I want your feedback on this, guys. What makes a rubbish gym, a bad gym? What makes a good gym? And Mobster told me, Mobster told me pre-show, he looks for those, you know, those chicks in those tight yoga pants. That's what he goes. That's his, <laughs> I do not. That's what his favorite gyms are. They put me off, man. They're distracting. Try not to look at fake boobs. What's the matter with you? Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.